Made of gourd. Gourd. <laughs> that actually sounded <laughs> that pretty could, good. That was pretty good. That, that could be your opener. Yeah. Gourd. It's made of gourd. <laughs> it's made of gourd. You had I, an unfortunate smelting accident. <laughs> Dude, those Austin Power movies are still fucking funny. They're still funny. And that's like, that first one's like 99. It's in the, the late 90s. The first gold member or first whatever. On this episode of The Bourbon Hunters, Dude and Brett go through the Blanton's lineup, starting with regular Blanton's, then moving on to Blanton's Gold, and finishing up with Blanton's Straight from the Barrel. But before we get started, let me tell you a little bit about our sponsor, Unicorn Nation Apparel, magical apparel for magical people. Go to their website at www.unicornnationapparel.com or check out the link in our bio for some awesome Bourbon Hunters exclusive bourbon shirts provided by Unicorn Nation Apparel. Thank you for taking time out of your day to join us on our hunt for great bourbon. Reward yourself and sit back, grab a pour, kick up your feet, and enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Bourbon Hunters. I'm Duke Poole. I'm joined by Brett Bryan and still no Jerky Legs Tyler today. He's missing out today too. Yeah, because we have a treat today. We are doing a nice little lineup of Blantons. We've got regular Blantons, we've got Blantons Gold, and we've got Blantons Straight from the Barrel. So, all right. It has been two weeks since we recorded actually. And uh, since that time, we've had a 4th of July celebration. And, uh, Thank you for hosting that, by the way. Yeah, that, that was a great time. Yeah, we. Um, how did you like the? Uh, what did I cook? You brisket. made a brisket. Oh yeah, I made brisket. That's right. Yeah, it was very good. I was I was sad I couldn't make something to bring because nah, I had to okay. work yeah. and everything. I really enjoy enjoy. I can't talk. Enjoy cooking food. Yeah, and doing all of that. And that was uh, that was fun. Like we, I think that was kind of cool because everyone who's been interested in my bourbon room for the most part was able to come. You know, and, and check it out. So, like, I spent almost my entire night down there showing people the bourbon room. Well, that's what I was going to say. It became a gathering place. Like, yeah. people usually congregate in a kitchen. That's a very common thing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But it just seemed like your bourbon room is where everyone kept, like, gathering. And at one point, I'm like, all right, I'm in the corner. I got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it was, I mean, what what I loved about it, and it's the whole reason I wanted to build it, is, like you said, it's a gathering point. But we were all just in there drinking bourbon. Yeah. So, it, like, people were drinking so many different bourbons and you know what's funny is because i have so many not a flex i didn't mean it to sound that way if it was but because i have so many like i didn't have a single like a duplicate kill. i didn't have a single oh, bottle kill i see the entire evening and we had probably 20 people down there drinking bourbon oh yeah and people were sampling just anything and everything yeah. and i didn't i didn't we didn't kill a single bottle because of that so um, we did make some dents in a couple, but we didn't really kill anything. Like we were going, a lot of people were trying out the Sam Houston and the two uh, Cal- Calumets. Yeah, I, I sampled those as well. So a lot of people tried that. Um, but yeah, we didn't kill a thing. The only thing, the only bottle kill I did all that weekend was at the gym when we did the 1776 bourbon after the uh, workout. Nice. Killed a whole bottle and a half of that. So that was good. Something the else James I noticed. Pepper. Yeah, when we were down there. So in the documentary, Neat. <clears throat> Freddie talks about like the stories that come about with bourbon and yeah. friends and this and that. And I noticed that happening, like people talking about things and sharing experiences 
and things like that that have happened in their life and moments. And I was like, you know, it's he's not just bullshitting in that documentary. That's true. That was really yeah. happening. And honestly, I think so. Like my wife, she's a little bit younger than I am, and. Uh, Whenever we first started hanging out, you know, dating and, and going to bars and stuff, she would always want to go to the clubs. And I would always want to go to the bars and sit down and talk. You know what I mean? Like, I was at that stage. She was at the stage where she wanted to go out and party, you know? And to me, bourbon is, you know, that's why I almost think, and it's not just a grown-ups type of drink, but I think that's what kind of gets a lot of grown-ups, you know, a little more mature uh, males specifically. I don't know about females and when they get introduced to it, but like... It's a it's a drink that just slows everything down, lets you sit and talk. You don't have to have loud music, but you just sit down and you and like you said, you share stories, you talk, and you share experiences, and and just the drinking of the bourbon is an experience. And I, you're enjoying the alcohol at that point too. Yeah. It's not like you're smashing four locos, trying so you can to get try drunk and, and go out dancing or something exactly, like that. Yeah, yeah, and get some liquid courage in you. <laughs> you know, you're actually enjoying the some, alcohol, some liquid rhythm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I agree, and that's I honestly, and I've said this a million times on the show, but like that's that's what bourbon is to me. It's the slow down at the end of the day. It's the it's the experience. It's the you know, if I'm sitting around with my wife at the end of the night, just drinking a bourbon you know, while she's having a drink or we're watching a couple of shows or something. It's just a, it's that constant reminder that take it in. Yeah. Relax, slow down, slow down, take in the experiences, you know, stay out of your phone for a minute. Just enjoy. Absolutely. And, and that's what I felt like Saturday was. I like, honestly, I really expected us to be out on the patio almost the whole evening. Cause it was a super night. Yeah. You know, it was like great. <clears throat> it was like 70 some degrees. And then we were going to walk over to the, to the be uh, the beach over <laughs> to the uh, park and, and watch the country music and, and then just come home after the fireworks. But like, we didn't leave until I bet you the, the, the band was halfway done probably. Yeah. We finally had to be like, Oh shit, we got to go. We're yeah. going to miss the fireworks. But that was like, no one wanted to leave. And then everyone like was like, Hey, do you have a Yeti? We'll take a roadie. We'll take a roadie. <laughs> so we, we had like six Yetis. Did you get them all back? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got them all back. Um, you were the only one who didn't that evening actually. So, but, um, but, uh, yeah, so it was a, it was a fun night. We, uh, you know, everyone was able to just kind of enjoy, you know, uh, that the bourbon room and, and just kind of uh, have a good fun night. That's again, that's what it's about for me is, is that experience. Like, just like you said, and, and it's funny because when the first time I watched neat, I wasn't into bourbon as much as I am now, obviously mm -hmm. I was getting into it and I was trying to consume everything I could, not alcohol wise, but like information sample, wise, yeah. but no well, I mean, oh, information. Yeah. yeah. Like, so like, you know, mm -hmm. I was trying to consume and absorb everything. So I was reading books. I was, you know, I did that, uh, stave and thief or thief and stave or what, I can't remember which order it is, but you know, the, the bourbon, uh, steward thing and, I, I just, I was just a sponge. I was trying to soak it all in. And, you know, that's, that's one of the things that stuck with me too. When I watched that was, um, you know, was that, uh, experiences. And that's, that's what drew me to it as well. Because up to that point, that was honestly my experience too. Just, you know, hanging out with people, drinking. It was, it's not a fast drink. Like you said, it's not something you just pound. You don't do shots. I mean, some people might do it with beam or something, but like, you don't yeah. really do shots of bourbon. You you do pours and mm -hmm. you take your time. And you sip on them. Yeah. So what do we got here? We got... Speaking of sipping. Yeah. So we've got blends. Like I said, the original single barrel bourbon whiskey. This one, as all of them, are from Warehouse H at Buffalo Trace. This one was dumped on 6-11-2020. 
it is 93 proof, which is uh, the same of all of the uh, regular Blantons. You'll notice a difference as we do the different versions of Blantons, but the regular Blantons are all 93 proof. Um, this is barrel number 301 on Rick number one. And this is horsey letter <laughs> O. So uh, I've got B-L-A-N-T and I've got this O. I've got an N unopened and a couple others unopened that are duplicates. And then a, my neighbor has an S. So I should be able to trade him and get the uh, full stave filled up here shortly. Now, and I'm I'm kind of a, a novice when it comes to Blanton's. Like I know basically we're, if I get it, if I ever have a chance, I pick it up. But I believe it was Jason was saying he'll even try and seek certain like rows within the warehouse because yeah, if you if you have that type of uh, you know uh, ability to kind of search around and be that picky, sure. I don't think most people do if they're really trying to get Blantons. It's it's hard to yeah. find. You, I didn't, ha- you have to trade or you have to do something. I didn't know if you knew if this was one of those like more elite rows by any chance. I don't know which rows well, this are is more sought Rick after. Number one. Um, so it's obviously on the very bottom. I think that's what it means. I think it means the first floor. I think he said he went like mid floors, I think is what okay. he said. Um, I have to go back and listen because I don't remember exactly, but I think he said mid floors. Jason, if you're listening, chime in there and leave <laughs> us a little comment because um, I know that you listen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think he listened because we were, we were <laughs> rating his compared to others on the uh, Russell's pick. So, um, all right. So let's, let's nose this. I mean, and that's what actually made me um, say that statement or ask that question, I guess, because the nose, I really like the nose on this one. I don't, I need to go home and smell the one that I have, but this smells like salted caramel to me. Yeah. And I think it's very well known for vanilla. Like it's a very heavy yeah. vanilla, um, you know, in the flavor and the nose and the, just the profile has a, a big just burst of vanilla. Um, and if you're familiar with the history of Blanton's, basically the, the story is that our Blanton, whenever they would have, you know, parties and get togethers and they were trying to influence, you know, lawmakers and different things like that, they would go into their, you know, the special warehouse age they would they would uh, immediately uh, go through and sample different barrels and find you know basically a honey barrel and and they would bottle that for the for the occasion of whatever it was and uh, that's what they would serve for those events and uh, so basically starting the idea of the single barrel at least you know uh, as we know it today and then later on down the road when. Um, you know, the, uh, the bourbon industry was having a little bit of a, a crisis. You know, they decided to market that idea and, and created Blanton's, which is always a, a single barrel, um, you know, uh, expression. And uh, they're always from Warehouse H at, at uh, Buffalo Trace. That is basically the uh, Blanton's warehouse. Um, and they're always 93 proof. So unless you find, you know, the different versions of it, which we'll talk about here a little bit later. So, um all right, so you're getting this. You said salted caramel. That's what my first. Um, I don't know why my first little, and I did. I didn't try and shove my schnoz in there the whole way. Um, <laughs> I don't know why you call it my schnoz. It's it's the schnoz. It's now. the schnoz. Like you should have your own Instagram handle called it's, the schnoz. It's the people schnoz. Like you it should, changes you know to what that. You should do. No, you should just. Oh, the people schnoz. I like that. And then you should just do like uh, noses of bourbons. You should just yeah. constantly like nose, nose bourbons. bourbons and just and don't even do the the the, the finish and the and the taste. Just do the noses. What if I just and do a picture too of my nose and stuff every time? Yes, <laughs> and with the bottle maybe in the background yeah. or something, a little blurred out. I like that. Yeah, I think you should you should make. I bet you that profile would probably get more followers than your regular personal profile. Oh, probably the people schnoz. The people's schnoz. 
How would you spell that? I I don't know. S-C-H-N-O-Z-Z? I feel like there's a C-H in there for sure. Maybe an A-U or no. Schnoz. I'd say O-Z-Z. I think that sounds more frat, yeah. frat boyish. I think Sh- that's... The schnooze? The, the schnoz. One O. Not, not two O's. Okay, okay. All right. So, yeah, I get vanilla. I do get some caramel on this. And those are pretty basic for Blanton's. I mean, that's pretty pretty normal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, let's also talk about the mash bill on this. So, like, if you're, if you're familiar with um, Buffalo Trace, they've got two bourbon mash bills. Uh, they've got a uh, uh, mash bill number one and mash bill number two. They're both rye-based bourbons. And they have their weeded. They have their well. weeded, yeah, I guess. for the I, I meant rye-based, sorry. Yeah, my bad. Um, so, yeah, they've also got the weeded bourbon uh, as well, mash bill. And this is a uh, mash bill number two. Other things that come out of that same mash bill, you've got your Elmer T. Lee. Um, I love Elmer T. Lee. <laughs> I do too. Um, I, I, but like Buffalo Trace, Eagle Rare, and all those are from mash bill one. Um, so that's that's a different uh, mash bill altogether here. So, And I think, is Stag from two? I don't remember. I think it might I be. Think so, I think so, because it's, I think mash bill two is more rye. I've got a picture of it. Uh, I do too. There's from, like a tree. From Buffalo Trace where they show the different mash yeah. bills and what comes out of it, but. One's higher rye and one's low rye. So I'm going to go ahead and dive into this thing. Oh, I already did. I feel like it's gotten a little bit harder for us to get together lately. It has. We've been busy. We keep meeting at the gym after a workout, <laughs> which is uh, fine for me because nothing better than finishing a workout with, than uh, having some bourbon. Yeah, I don't feel guilty because I just sweat my ass off. Oh my gosh, that was a that was oh you didn't do the full workout today, but yeah, you I still did, like, did a, a little similar. modified. Yeah, that was that was a good workout today though. So these being new bottles, it made me think of something. So a friend of mine does this, the the infinity bottle. Yeah. Have you are you doing an infinity bottle? I'm I've not, been on the fence I should. about it. I, I've I've thought about it, and and so like the Bourbon Road, they um, uh, Big Chief, he does one, and he says that he only puts stuff that he likes in the infinity bottle. He doesn't just do the end of every bottle. Okay, he just uh, if he only if he likes the bourbon, and he usually makes sure it's like you know a, a certain amount, like a one ounce pour, maybe. yeah, or maybe uh-huh. two ounces or something. I don't remember exactly what he says, but he but he's got like a there's a threshold, and it's got to be a bourbon he likes, and it's got to be a certain amount, and he puts it in. So I started one because yeah. I, I killed. I've got some anchors I've been trying to kill off. So I killed off two bottles. It must have been this weekend, or I was off a few days, so within the last four days. Um, and I started an infinity bottle. But my friend that I know that was talking about it, he was like, yeah, I have one. It's like three-fourths full, and I tasted it. He's like, and it tastes like shit. He's like, I'm ready to pour it out. Well, no, you don't pour it out. You don't. You just keep adding to it. You just keep it. adding to it, and then taste it after you add to it. After it, like, you, you add to it, and then wait a few days for it to kind of, you know, meld together. Yeah. And then, you know, you try it, and and... I've heard people say that they'll have an amazing infinity bottle. They'll add something and it turns into shit and then it stays shit for a little bit. Then they add something new a couple of times later and it, and it's, it's good better. again. So yeah, don't tell them to give up on it because you'll end up getting it back to something you like. And the other trick, and I don't know how much this makes a difference because if you blend two really nice things, that doesn't mean you're going to get a good infinity bottle. But, but again, big chief says he only adds in bourbons that he likes and he only does weeded bourbons. Well, that was my next thing. I heard people only do like a weeded bourbon or they only do... There's a lot of approaches. Yeah. There's no one right or wrong way to do it, I don't think. But but yeah, he only does weeded bourbons. And I think that, uh, you know, he he's a weeded guy anyway, self-proclaimed mm-hmm. uh, weeded king of Kentucky or something like that. Um, but yeah, he's he's done his like that. And then, um, you know, that I think... 
I'd like to start one, but I wanted to start one in a decanter, like an, a, okay. my own decanter yeah. is what I was thinking. That's a cool idea. Right now, I'm using that um, the Woodford bottle mm-hmm. that we killed on our trip. Yeah. I'm using that because it's just a, it's sw- a, nice a cool looking bottle. bottle. Yeah. Can you take off the labels and stuff? Does it still have markings? Or it still it... has the, the label on it. Um, I'm probably going to try and take it off, though. Can you razor blade them off? I'm sure I can. And, and then like use some of that like Goo Gone or whatever yeah, yeah. it's called. But, is, some but, but there's nothing in the bottle itself that Not says. That I Woodford. remember. I don't. I'll have to double check. I don't think so. I don't remember either. But a decant. I didn't even think about a decanter as dumb as that sounds. Well, I was thinking about getting two decanters. One to put up in my living room, you know, for a just a regular everyday pour, mm-hmm. like Buffalo Trace or something, and then another one for an infinity bottle. That I, I like keep decanters. Downstairs. Yeah, I do too. I just have, I've never gotten one. I've asked for some. I've just never gotten them. So I'm going to go back into this again. You, this isn't the high rye mash bill, is it? I yeah, I'm pretty sure because I, I feel like is. I get like the the rye on this. I'm pretty sure uh, mash bill two is, um, but let me let me look it up while we're we're talking here. So you um, just recently, uh, where did you go? You did a, a run or something like that? Yeah, it was the uh, the rugged maniac, which whatever. It's like a, it's an obstacle course race, and uh, it was really fun for me. So it was some some work people. Asked me if I wanted to do it. I was a little hesitant at first because I'm getting older. And uh, I was like, oh, I don't want to go out there and get embarrassed by all these fucking young people and this <laughs> and that. And I was ecstatic. I went out there and I fucking crushed it. So I could not be more happy. Um, you, you know, mean, You mean happier? I couldn't be happier. I couldn't be more happy. Don't I couldn't make, be happier. Don't make me be a grammar Nazi, yeah, man. I know. Um, I could not be happier with my performance. <laughs> so mash bill number two is the higher rye mash bill. It's 12 to 15% mash bill. They don't disclose their mash bill, so people are guessing, I think, what the actual mash bill is. Gotcha. But it does, you know, ancient age, ancient, ancient age, 10 star, uh, Elmer T. Lee, um, all the El- Elmer T. D- T. Lee derivatives, um, the Rock Hill Farms, it does all the Blantons, and it also does the Hancock or whatever it's called. Okay. Um, and then they think that the Bowman's bourbon, the Abraham Bowman's bourbon, is a mixture of the two, but they're not, I, there's no way to know for sure, but I think that's just what they think. Mash Bill 1, uh, you've got your E.H. Taylor, any of the bourbons, not the uh, not the weeded, right. and not the, not uh, the rye, rye. Uh, but your stag is actually in Mash Bill 1, Buffalo Trace, E.H. Taylor, Eagle Rare, Benchmark, um, you know, those types of things are all in the Mash Bill 1. Um, your George T. Stag, uh so oh, that was good when I had that George T. Stag. Yeah, fuck you. Oh, my God. Um, so that is all mash bill one. The weeded mash bill is, you know, that's going to be your pappy. It's going to be your... Wellers. Um, your wellers, exactly. Um, so those are all in the in the weeded mash bill. So of their three known mash bills, that's what you, uh, that's what you get. So, and then I think their experimental... The one they're doing for, um, there's a rye mash bill that they have that started, I think, in 2016 or something like that. But then they also have, I don't know what mash bill they they ended up using for their oak project, single oak project. Mm-hmm. I think that could be a new mash bill, possibly. I don't know, though. Um, that I'm guessing on. So, But anyway, um, I think what I, and this is, you know, the whole, the whole argument on Blanton's is this is a good... Just a yeah. good bourbon. I could, if it were readily available, I would spend fifty dollars, and this would be my everyday sipper. I would spend if it was readily available. I'd spend seventy five on it regular, right? But it wouldn't be your everyday drinker if you were spending seventy five dollars. Yeah, agree. I'm just saying I would be happy spending fifty dollars on it and making it my everyday 
drinker. Yeah. Normally, I wouldn't spend that much on it every day, but this one I would. It, it's a step above Buffalo Trays. It's a step above Eagle Rare, in my opinion. But it's not worth a hundred dollars. It's not worth what you're seeing, you know, on the on the secondary market. It's it's just worth what it's priced at. It's MSRP is fifty some dollars, in my opinion. It's a great fifty dollar pour. It's a great fifty dollar pour. And I'm I'm not making this this up at all. So I did a blind with a coworker a while back, and oh, I, yeah. I may have mentioned you, this. You have, but it's and funny. I put it in there. He was obsessed with Blantons, and it was just the the horsey novelty of it. And I love that he picked Middle West Spirits as his top pick. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's Middle West Spirits is, it is underrated. Fucking great. It's underrated. I agree. It is so good. I I really enjoy Middle West Spirits. I think they're really starting to mature now, and they're really starting to you know get their. Um, accolades too they're starting to win some awards they're starting to be recognized have they moved no. yet all oh, the because they're getting a new warehouse yeah, right? yeah i well they've got a couple warehouses they've got one here in hilliard they've got one. Oh, do they we, really yeah it's on roberts and you then want to rob it i'm sorry <laughs> cut that out <laughs> i didn't hear anything do you have an edit button on that thing <laughs> so yeah let's uh let's rinse out our glasses move on to the second uh of the uh lineup tonight which is the gold and uh in the meantime so what's new with you we haven't met in a couple weeks anything going on yeah i mean honestly so i've been i've joined a kickball league i think i may have mentioned that last time uh it's kind of fun it's like i don't know we always play softball so so my wife and i and some of my friends we always play softball and because of covid the softball league that we always join just hasn't filled up for the last two years understandable to some degree but yeah. this year you know things opened back up no one i think us and one other team signed up and that was two it. teams yeah and it's wow. normally like eight yeah so it was it was no one really signing up and then so we decided to join a uh, volleyball league same day sundays and uh, outdoor we, at the gate at the goat it's a um, oh yeah, yeah it's sand. a sand volleyball it's so fun so we're having a blast so we're really having fun with that and then um, I can't do it every Tuesday because that's one of the days we record. Um, but um, we joined a kickball league on Tuesday evenings. And the times fluctuate. So sometimes it's a five, sometimes it's at six, sometimes it's at eight. But so it depends on what time it is, you know, is, is whether or not I can, I can go. Where is the kickball? Just out of curiosity. It's the Commons downtown. Okay. So I did one at Goodell grass. Park back in the day. Yeah, you know yeah, where Goodell yeah. Park is? Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. Um, so... This, I mean, it was so fun. Like, I had a blast it's doing so it. It's so fun. It is. The interesting thing, though, is so like we're a gym and most of the people at the gym are athletic. Some of the people at the gym just are more athletic than others. Well, they just, they can do CrossFit, but they may not be able to do, um, you know, actual stuff. Like coordination things. Yeah, like athletic. They're, yeah. they're just not necessarily athletic, but they're good at what they do, which might be CrossFit. But most of us are pretty athletic. Because I, th- I think CrossFit, for the most part, you know, if you if you do some variations and not just stay in the sagittal plane the entire time, it actually develops some athleticism. And so most of the people are pretty decently athletic on our team. And uh, so we play these people, and it's all downtown. So, like, most of the people down there are, I think, playing for the novelty of, like, maybe... I, I don't know if maybe they just didn't get picked in kickball in middle school or grade school or whatever. They're not very competitive. They're not very competitive, and they're not very athletic. 
So you see some people that step up to the plate, and you're thinking, oh, shit, i got to scoot back. He's going to destroy this thing. And it bloops to, like, third base. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. And then you think, well, maybe he just didn't get a hold of it. So the next yeah. time you stay back there and, again, bloop to, like, second base. And you're just like, okay, well, maybe this guy's just not athletic. Yeah. But he's, like, big and muscular, I'm sure, when he, like, steps up not to the Not necessarily, plate. but just he, he looks, looks athletic. athletic. You know, yeah. he's lean or, or yeah. whatever. And, you know, the girls. It's or funny. She. Some of the girls are actually, uh, you can tell they maybe played soccer or something. They know how to kick it. Yeah. And they actually can, you know, pound the shit out of the ball. <laughs> and it's, it's fun to watch because these guys are up there and they can't kick it. And then these girls are destroying it, you know. But, like, everyone on our team can knock the shit out of the ball. And so the first game we played... <laughs> I step up. I'm, they put me fourth. It was just, I didn't even think about it, but it just, I was clean up. Yeah. And uh, they're like, mm. dude, go ahead and go. And I was like, okay, whatever. We had the bases loaded. I kicked the ball out of the fucking place. <laughs> it, it, so there's two opposite ends of this rectangle that have a field on them. Okay. And I kicked it into the other field. And so the, the referee from the other field comes over. Like he was kind of the head referee. So there was a main referee on each field and then a head referee that kind of bounced between. The head referee comes over to our field and he goes, who the hell kicked that? <laughs> and I was like, was, sorry. And he goes, he goes, I have never seen one of those balls travel that far in my life. We like, look at these calves, bro. No, but he goes, he goes, how much do you squat? And I was like, I don't really squat that much. I mean, I don't know. I don't, you know, different more, mechanism yeah, but. he's like cleans and, <laughs> and snatches i can tell you how much i snatch and clean but yeah. and he he's like oh my god he's like that was he's like that's the first grand slam we've ever had here does the kickball still make that sound that i hear in elementary yeah. school Dunk. yes it's like it's, a, it's like a hollow <laughs> echo and then but like it just sounds like i don't even know like, it's hard to describe but you it's know it's like the a sound. bass drum with a weird echo yeah. it's it's so funny but yeah it does it makes that same noise <laughs> But then, like, um, Francesca, one of the coaches yeah. here, she got up, and she destroyed one. It was hilarious. And I think everyone's eyes on the other team just went up, like, like in a cartoon, like when they bounce yeah. out of their head. Oh, my gosh. She, oh, she destroyed one. And it was just the funniest thing to see this other team, like, scramble. Like, and I think she got a triple out of it. And um, she's funny. She's been doing BJJ. Yeah. And she's funny. She's ridiculous. She's just, uh, she just has no filter, which is awesome. She doesn't. She brings a CrossFit mentality, I think, over to the BJJ side. It's so funny. Oh my God. We, we, she asked if I wanted to roll together and blah, blah, We did whatever. And then at one point she's like, we just rubbed your balls across my face. (laughs) Sorry. She has no filter. She's hilarious. She is so funny. Um, (laughs) <laughs> she's funny <laughs> all right so let's let's nose this we got the uh so this is the blanton's gold it is 103 proof and it is a dump date of 120 2020 i think it was 2020 yeah so yeah 121 2020 sorry uh also you know warehouse h and this is rick number 20 so i don't know if that they, they don't have 20 floors in that warehouse so it's got to be like they've got to be numbered in a certain way so this is rick number 20 uh, barrel number 527. And it says its registered bottle number is 181. Okay, that's probably uh, in that uh, barrel. It's probably that barrel's there. bottle number 181. The one's kind of coming yeah, off on it, the far side there. But yeah, so what's interesting about Blanton's is they handwrite the the dump date, the warehouse, even though the warehouse is always age, the Rick number, the barrel number, and then the uh, the proof. is all, That's all handwritten. That is one thing that I love. Yeah, and, and the other, shape of the bottle is awesome. Yeah. Now, this is a 700 milliliter versus a 750 milliliter because it is a European release, technically, and they do 700 milliliter bottles. Um but it is a, a 103 proof. So we've gone up 10, uh, 5%, 10 proof points. And uh, it's a gold horsey head. And this is an N, 
This is an in horsey. You've got a lot to go to collect on the gold. Yeah, I've got a whole bunch more. This is my only one. So, <laughs> um, all right. So, what do you get on the nose? I, I don't expect much different. I just expect a little bit of a different flavor profile, and it's probably going to be a little hotter. But that's it's, my that's my guess. I can already tell it's more robust than like maybe the ethanol that I'm getting on my nose. The ethanol is definitely making an appearance now. Um, it's not unpleasant. It doesn't burn. No, no. I can it's, just it's tell not that overwhelming. It's, there. it's just it's just more it's just more noticeable now. Oh, now that it like smelled my skin and kind of reset. It's funny how that works. It is crazy. It is. I still get some ethanol, but I'm getting I'm definitely getting some vanilla. It's it's some strong vanilla That's on That's what I was going to say. I get strong vanilla as well, like that more robust vanilla. Yeah. Um I like that word robust. Robust. I think that's a good sizzle word. It's a good sizzle word. Robust vanilla. I was going to ask you too. I wanted to ask Tyler, and I can ask him on the show next time. But you whenever were doing we see him again, right? Whenever I see that bastard, you were doing the oak bottle that you bought the white dog from. What do, are you? Is it still aging? Did it you, I know is, it cracked, but I think it was evaporating. So it's not a super strong. I think next time I do it, I'm going to have to tape the lid. Okay, because it was evaporating pretty fast. Last I checked it, it's almost empty. Didn't. Tyler get a barrel, like he a did. little mini horizontal barrel. He's probably barrel. not done shit with it. I know, little bastard. Little lazy fucker. I know. All he's got, he's like, oh, I just, I don't want to go through the, the prep of getting it ready. I'm I don't like, want to walk down the stairs. But you could have, you could have done that six months ago and had something to drink by yeah. now. And I wanted, I was hoping that he had something. I might just have to circumvent him and do my own. Yeah, this is definitely a little stronger on the ethanol. Nothing, nothing horrible. It's not bad, but it's definitely more present. Do you know what I want to go back and visit too? I know I keep derailing here. No, you're fine. Is when we, we always derail. Um, Bourbon Thirty. I would like to go back and revisit those, especially Tyler's. Well, now that they've had a chance to open up too, that's possibly. my point. Yeah, oxidize because a little bit. Wouldn't it be funny if mine tastes like shit and, then and Tyler's like was great? Really, yeah. really like opened up and matured. <laughs> we need to revisit those. Oh God, I just I just drank some of this. Okay, I'm jealous. I see mine in the back of the cupboard. And I'm like, oh, I want to, but I'm not. I've gone to it one time since we opened it. It was still good, but it was, it was just s- different. Did you ever drink the sample of that one I gave you? Because I, I did a, uh, a little vial for you, if, if you remember. You, I, I thought we were talking about that. Did you ever do that? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, because you spilled part of it on the countertop, and we were like sucking it off the countertop. I don't remember what I did that with it. That sounds weird. I might have drank it the next day. I hope you did. I, if not, I don't know where it is. I still get like salted caramel. If I hold this really far away from my nose... Yeah, I I do, but vanilla is really making a, a, a showing here. Yeah, that's very good. So, I know this is more expensive. I think the MSRP is like 120 or something like that when they started releasing it here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. But, and you know what? I don't know if the U.S. releases a 750 milliliter that's a great or question. a 700 milliliter bottle. I don't know. Because it's got a different shape too. It's it's the same. It's more. It's the same shaped. shape, but it's it what it, it's thinner. Really, it looks like it's more egg shaped, like more tapered at the top. I think it's just thinner because it's fifty less milliliters. I think it's the same height. I think it's everything's the same. I think except for. I mean, it looks like it's the same height. I agree, but I think it's just thinner. I could be wrong, but I believe it's just thinner. And you're right. You know what? It may it may be a little more oval shaped. Drink more Ovaltine. Son of a bitch. <laughs> a freaking commercial? Um, Halloween and Christmas, I always have like a staple of movies that I watch. It, a Christmas story, right? Oh, yeah. That's always in my Christmas Does that play? One. So, so Trina and I, we host Christmas. 
And starting I'll on Christmas over. Eve at like six or seven. Yeah, by the by all means, seriously. Um, I'll bring a package. Uh, hey, <laughs> deliver a package. Um, by six or seven, whatever it is on TBS, they always start a Christmas story. It's edited and it plays though. for twenty four. I don't care. I like. Does he cuss as much? No, he doesn't cuss at all in the real movie. Yeah. So no, it's he, not really edited. No, he says fudge. Oh, uh, yeah. Do they say like son of a bitch and stuff still? Yeah, he still says son okay. of a bitch on there. Okay. Cause, like when he's the Annie, the lower yeah. finance, son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. Um, they don't. They don't edit that out of regular TV anymore. I can't remember. Shit, the stuff they get away with now. But um, no, so that plays for 24 hours on loop, basically. TBS, And we just leave. So 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 when we're hosting, we start our, um, basically what we do is we we start some of our desserts on Christmas Eve. And we we cook those throughout the evening. We stop, pause, go for dinner, and then come home. And then we really kick it into high gear, like, you know, wrapping all our presents. Trina will be up there baking while I'm wrapping and then she'll go down and wrap and I'll go up and bake the stuff that I do and prepare the morning breakfast stuff and put it in the fridge. Mm-hmm. Before, so we just throw it in the oven when we get up. And it's just from that time when we get home from dinner to the time that we basically shut it all down the next day on Christmas Day, Christmas Story on loop the entire time. Never leaves the TV. It's on the entire time. The only break I take is at about 10 p.m. when I go down to start wrapping. I watch Die Hard. Die Hard's great. It's the best Christmas movie so, in the history of Christmas movies. I'm trying to remember what else I... So, I love to watch um, National Lampoons. That's one of mine that I always watch, the Chevy Chase. Oh, yeah. We watch that. Like, we usually watch that leading up to Christmas. I don't ever watch it on Christmas Day That's or a Christmas good point. Eve. I usually it's like the month of yeah, Christmas. Yeah, it's usually like mid-December um, when we're trying to get in the mood for Christmas. Yeah. You know? Um, cause there's always something going on like this year, Trina's mother had, uh, been diagnosed with cancer and, and so we were doing everything we could to get into the mode of Christmas and it took a lot. Um, I get that. My grandmother passed away on Christmas day, so it took me a long time to well, like, to get in the mood. I can only imagine my own mother, y- you well, know, so, so weird, weird, like just so you guys know what's going on. We've mentioned it a little bit on the, ep- on the shows. Trina's mother got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer on December 20th. She died on January 15th. So she normally comes to our house for Christmas. She didn't make it on Christmas Day. She just said she didn't feel good. So we went out there after we celebrated Christmas. We took all of our food and took them out some plates and went out there and uh, on Christmas Day and spent some time at their house. And then a couple of days later, her family from Chicago came, and, and that was the last time we right. saw her, basically, you know, in a normal state, because then she was hospitalized that same day of her family coming in, which was like, I don't know, it was the Friday after Christmas, and uh, she never got out of the hospital after that. And uh, we didn't know that it was that advanced at the time. We thought six months. Yeah, pancreatic's bad. It is, but we still thought six months. We didn't know how far along, because COVID, you know, you just didn't, she had stomach pains. We didn't know how far along it was. Right. She didn't get to go in until December. And so COVID, like, kind of prevented her from going in before she really wanted to. Mm-hmm. And um, not to blame COVID, she, I mean, she wasn't probably going to survive regardless, but we might have had more time to prepare mentally and emotionally for it, because um, it all happened in three weeks. Like three weeks we, from the time we found out to the time she died, it was three weeks. It was so crazy. And then, you know, a few weeks or a few, almost to the day, two months later, her aunt died. Ugh. 
And then it's hard to get in the spirit once oh, some because well, so what I was going to say the whole reason I brought that up is this coming Christmas this year it's going to be the first one without her mom and they always say that first year all the holidays the first year after so like Easter was tough this year because we always spent it with them um, Thanksgiving we always spend with my family so that one may not be as tough for her mm-hmm. but her mom's birthday was in November always around Thanksgiving. So that's yeah, going to be it, tough. It, this and this then, year will be rough, right? For sure. And then Christmas, it's going to be the first Christmas without her. So it's going to be a tough year. Sorry, it's going to be a tough year, I think, for her, um, which is expected. I, you know, it shouldn't not be. But that first year, they always say is the toughest for people after you lose someone, and I think it's just going to be that way for her. And so. Um, you know, we're dealing with it. And then not to mention, you know, she, uh, her daughter's best friend's mother just died like about a month ago. And we went to that funeral. So that's three deaths she's well, I was had. I say, uh, it always comes in threes. Off. Yes, I know. That's crazy the way that that, so but hopefully no more tragedies. Right. But then, but then <laughs> the, the Monday after, uh, 4th of July this this year, she then has to be hospitalized for three days for diverticulitis. So, like, <laughs> she's not having a good year at no, all. No, it doesn't sound like Which it. is partly why we took last week off. Um, I just, you know, was with her at the hospital all week. So, you know, that was our normal recording day was when we were in the hospital. So, that was a, that was a tough one. Um, and she's, you know, she's battling through that right now. She's recovering. She was here at the gym trying to get so moving. So she looked like she was moving in the gym today. That's what she's trying to do. Um, the funny thing was is that the, the doctor she saw was the same one she saw for her uh, appendectomy, <laughs> and uh, which was also an emergency surgery. They like were like, no, you got to go now. How long ago was that? About two years ago. Jesus. And uh, so he was still there and, and uh, he goes, yeah, yeah, I remember you do CrossFit, right? And she's like, yeah. So the first thing they told her when she was being uh, discharged was, uh, yeah, no CrossFit for about <laughs> 10 days. And she's like, fuck that shit. She's like, they don't even realize how much like exercise and stuff really helps stuff. She's like, yeah. they think CrossFit's just, you know, destroy yourself every day. Correct. CrossFit, yeah. you can scale, you can do all this, that, and the other. And she's like, I'm going to take it easy, but I'm going to work out. She's like, I'm not going to not work out. I think there's something healthy about circulating your blood. Right. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Even for when sure. I'm sick. I will try to do something to circulate my blood. Yeah. Because, you know, in my mind, and I could be completely wrong. Well, it helps push out the toxins. It helps. It really does. It's Say there's like white, obviously not say, there are white blood cells, obviously, in your bloodstream. (laughs) Right. Hypothetically, no. Hypothetically speaking, if there's these little white blood cells. If I'm I'm exercising, my heart rate is increasing, that blood is circulating faster, that means more of those white blood cells are getting to the part of my body that are sick or whatever. And then you're pushing out toxins that are around those areas. Uh, No, it it is good for you. I'm not saying there's a, there's a fine line. Correct. Agree completely. I'm not trying to go do like BJJ. Well, you're not trying to destroy yourself. You're trying to PR or anything like that. You're just trying to just get the blood circulating again while being smart and, and intelligent about how you push yourself. That's, there's a difference. And I think a lot of, and, and listen, Trina, four years ago, she doesn't know the difference four years ago. Now that she's had rotator cuff surgery and all those things, she understands. And I think that the, the mindset of people who don't understand CrossFit is that CrossFit, oh my God, blah, 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 you know, right. like it's all CrossFit, CrossFit, yeah, yeah. And right. they don't know how to. First rule about CrossFit, talk about CrossFit. Right. You know, so like. But she's at the point now where I trust that she understands, don't push yourself too much, you know, take it easy, listen to your body. She's so in tune with her body now. I mean, honestly. I'm in tune with her body. She's in tune with my body. <laughs> I'll tell you that. No, but like, 
honestly, she's she's really matured from a workout perspective, and she's really learned to not think you got to kill yourself every day to get gains and get you know improve and stuff. And in fact, you know, she understands now that recovery is a huge part mm-hmm. of working out, and and that's recovery is the part that allows yourself to get better. You know, you're tearing your muscles apart every day when you when you lift and you do things. And if you don't let them grow back stronger, then you're defeating the purpose of working out. I feel like moderation is the key in everything in life. Everything. I'm like, God, I, I say that all the time. It's true. I, I honestly, I tell Trina all the time that the key to life is just moderation. moderation. Yeah. Everything. Alcohol, exercise, food, you know, everything. It's yeah. it's moderation. I, I honest to God think that is the, that is like the key to life. I, I truly believe I, that. I think so too. My organic chemistry teacher actually was talking about that. And this, obviously I'm old and that was many years ago. But he was like, yeah, you can eat your Big Mac. He was like, but you need variety. But you can't have Big Mac every fucking yeah, day. Yeah, he was like, it's, it's what I'm trying to teach my son right now. Like he eats fucking fast food all the time. And I'm like, well, you're he's fucking, young right now. Right, you're and young so, and you're active. Yeah. And I used to do the same thing. So like yeah. when, I was in, when I was in college, I was active as shit. I was intramural everything. I was doing softball, basketball, football. And then... You this know, is fucking good, but go ahead. Yeah, I was eating a whole pizza by myself. And then when I stopped doing that stuff, I my diet didn't change. You look like a tick. And Just the next swole up. The next thing I I knew I was weighing 275, 280 pounds. Uh-huh. And and I was wearing like 42 jeans. Damn. And and Do you I still look, have those jeans? No, but I should have. I wish kept you them. did. I should have kept That'd them. Be sweet. But like I have the picture of me finishing yeah. this fucking Godzilla burger in Boston <laughs> that was uh it was eight half pound uh no 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 six half pound patties so three pounds three of pounds meat. of meat and then four pounds of fries that gave you colon cancer right there. no it, it didn't <laughs> give me colon cancer but it gave me fucking rot gut i bet so like i my, bet you shit like a goose the uh, next no day. my stomach was hard i didn't shit for two days after that my stomach was hard for like two days and oh then when i shit God. it was breach it went it came breach <laughs> like we almost had to do a c-section jesus Christ. it was disgusting like oh god we had to throw the toilet away when i was done (laughs) (laughs) no but uh what what would you say about this this is a step up right this is delicious i i i would pay so i'd pay the 120 for this i would pay the 120 for this to me this isn't a daily i'd maybe go 150 this isn't a daily drinker i would pay 150 for it as well i think if it was readily available on the shelf yeah um, the flavor is, is, it's very full of flavor. It is. Where the regular blends, I don't want to say watered down. It's not watered down. It's just not as complex. It's just, it's yeah. just, it's a little muted. I think it's a, a good way to describe yeah, it. Maybe. Agree. I'm really excited to try this straight from the barrel. I've never had it. Yeah. I've, I've had heard a lot of talk about it. Um, it's good. So knows your bourbon. We've had them on the show. Uh, I did a bourbon exchange with him where we traded out, you know, some vials and mm-hmm. he sent me some straight from the bourbon. Straight from the bourbon. <laughs> straight from the barrel. And, I mean, you're uh, not wrong. Well, no, it's not. It is straight from the bourbon. Uh, but it's straight from the barrel. He sent me some of that. And um, he sent me a whole bunch of stuff I'd never had before. And I think he was kind of surprised about some of the things that I asked for. And it was just because I'd never had it before. Like, I asked for Jim Jim Beam repeal batch and uh, some things I'd just never seen or had. And then it was funny because after I asked for them, I started seeing some of them on those shelves. I was like, damn it. But... No, I just he, want to he had a out, really good collection. I want to point out I'm a better friend than Tyler because when I got the sample, I immediately what said I wanted to share said? it. Yeah, I said I wanted exactly. to share it. <clears throat> I didn't say, I didn't drink it then say, oh, hey, guess what? I guess had this what? Sample. There was only two ounces. I couldn't share it. Sorry, there was guys. only, and it, 
that story keeps going down. It was two ounces, and then it was one, one ounce, and that's like a <laughs> half ounce. Shit, yeah, that fucker. No, he's a greedy little fucker. Um, it's all right though. It's all good. I, I come to expect that from from Tyler now. It's I had to pretend I didn't have this because I've been wanting to sample it for so oh, long. Oh God! Now. I know you and I have been talking. Like, how do we give sample, me a glass? How do we sample this without Tyler? Right. How do we sample this without Tyler? Well, he's never around, so yeah, it's easy. It's easy. And so I've told him I'm going to give him a sample of our uh, Middle West that we did, um, our barrel pick from Middle West. <laughs> what? <laughs> You like my pouring here? No, I'm laughing that you said you're going to give Tyler a sample. Oh, no, not Tyler. Fuck, oh. The guy that gave me this. Oh, I'm so sorry. I was like, because you were just talking about Tyler. I'm like, you're yeah. going to give Tyler a sample of I was trying to pick? make this like the most perfect, like, <laughs> No, no, no. That was, that was fun to watch, actually. You, um, you went back and forth like Glen Karen to Glen Karen for like <laughs> five different pours. Yeah, it was. Well, I'm afraid. And it, it looks pretty good. I, I think it's pretty good. Because even. if I would have like had to go from Glen Karen to Glen Karen, as opposed from the sample vial, I would have spilled some. No, that's true. And I didn't want to. I think you got yourself just a touch more, but that's fine. It's your bourbon, yeah. so I'm okay with. That. I didn't mean to. If no, I'm no, being no, honest. no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm not going to complain. You're, you're sharing, just like you're supposed to with bourbon. Absolutely, you're straight from the ba- straight from the barrel, not straight from the bourbon. But my friend Chris that gave me this sample, um, I told him that I wanted to give him. I'm gonna peel this little label off, so I remember. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna keep that. Um, I'll give him a different one. Uh, I want to give him a sample of our barrel pick that we yeah. did with Middle West. Yeah. I just sent one of those um, samples over to uh, Bourbon Enthusiast. Oh, I haven't nice. gotten a response from him yet, but uh, he probably gets so many samples. Oh, he too. said, he, "What did he say? He gets bourbon every day, basically, in the mail." So, I mean, mine probably came, and he's probably like, "What the fuck's this little box?" Right. You but know, he, when he's used to getting big boxes, he did recognize Middle West, though. If you remember, no, he did. He said they're really doing some good stuff. He saw them like they were in Kentucky or something when he was there. I forget oh, where. No, that was Jason. Jason saw them in Kentucky. Um, but no, he, re- he knew he, he, recognized, he recognized them. them. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So take a sniff of this. Let's take a sniff. This is the straight from the barrel and this is Blanton's. It's uh straight from the barrel, 128.8 proof. So we are now up another, what is that? Uh, 25.8 proof points. So yes. 12.9%. Mm-hmm. Your math's better give than taken, mine right now. Give, give or take an abacus. All right. You know, the nose on this isn't as like it's overpowering not as, as I expected it. it. Be, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I'm getting the nose on the gold is stronger than this, which surprises I, me. I thought so too, but I'm getting. No, actually, that one right there just really got my nose with ethanol. So I don't, I don't know that that's. Ne- I think something's happening, but it's starting to now get. I will get say eth- ethanol heavy. Maybe not. What are you getting? I'm getting some salt of caramel for sure, and I'm still getting some vanilla. But the vanilla I'm getting is almost more like an extract. I get vanilla, and I agree. It's like the vanilla extract that I can't talk extract that you would cook. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what it reminds me yeah, of. Yeah, it smells good though. It does, and it's not—it's not overwhelming in the ethanol, but it is. The ethanol is starting to now be more present than it was on the first sniff, but 
it's still not like overwhelming. It, it, it still smells okay. It still smells like bourbon. It depends on how far I stick my nose in there. Yeah, I think that too. And I think the other thing, like Jason C. from the Mash and Drum said, is if you start sniffing before you get your yes. nose in, it makes a huge difference. And the second time I went in there, I sniffed after I got my nose in, and it, it was like, ooh. So, so uh, that makes a big difference. And I'm sniffing, right now I'm sniffing before I bring it to my nose. Yeah, so you're, you're slowly acclimated on the way in. And it's a lot of vanilla again. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of vanilla there. And that's, I mean, that's, that's the Blanton's profile. But I agree, it's that vanilla extract. Yeah, I agree with that. It, it's, it's a little bit stronger vanilla. I'm, gonna, I'm going in. Well, that's good. A little bit interesting, because I feel like I'm getting a little bit more of the barrel Ooh. on this. Do you get chocolate at all? Maybe. That might be what the barrel flavor was for me. Let me let me go in in a second here. Let me let this settle. Um, but I, got, I felt like I got a little more barrel on this one, which that could be maybe where the chocolate you're getting is. I'm getting a little hug. It's not unpleasant yeah. at yeah. all. No, no, no. It's a good hug. It's not a... You ever get that hug where your mouth waters a little bit? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's not that. My mouth didn't water at all with it. The hug um, where it feels like, oh, God. Yeah, you get that hug sometimes and you're, you instantly salivate into your mouth, right? Like a pre-puke salivate. Yes. Even though that you're not going to puke. You're not going to puke. But it's the pre-puke salivate. You get salivate. that rush yeah, yeah. of like salivation. I know, I know exactly what you mean. Yep. <laughs> but I don't get that at all on this. But there is like this mild lingering it's a hug. warm chest hug but it's not unpleasant no not at all i at at this point i embrace i know it's goofy but i embrace the hug yeah you know I, i'm i don't pull away from the hug anymore i like it it, it just like jason said I, I don't want it to or no it was um matt uh bourbon enthusiast like I don't want, James mentioned too, he's like, I don't want it to just fall off a cliff. Mm -hmm. I want it to actually be a good finish. I'm right there at the same time. I want it to be a good hug, but I don't want it to be an ethanol hug completely. I want it to be, you know, just a good hug altogether. And this is a good mix of rye and, and ethanol. I revisited some Old Forester 1920 that yeah. I have. And it has that same like nice hug. I forgot how much I liked that 1920. I knew I liked it. Yeah, it's good. Uh, but I forgot how much I enjoyed it. And sometimes I take it for granted because it's so easily available. And I hate that. No, it is it is readily available. It is really good, but it's just it's hard. There's so many good bourbons out there. So many. It's just so hard to kind of, <sighs> and, and, and I'm not, again, not trying to flex, but when you've got such a, like I go down sometimes into my room and I'm like paralyzed. Your maker's mark alone is overwhelming. I, but like I get paralyzed by, and with as much maker's mark as I have, you'd think I'd drink it more often and I don't, and I should, because every time I have it, I'm like, oh, this is really good. And I just don't drink it very often. I get, I get pulled into these like you know for two weeks. I'll I'll start drinking this or two weeks. I'll, mm -hmm. But again, that's it's the benefit I have of having the collection I have, I guess. But I love it. Like it's I just love. I'll go down a rabbit hole of a certain distillery for you know two weeks, and then I'll go to another distillery for two weeks or or whatever. But like the ones that I that I feel like I can readily get, I never feel. Like, I need to go taste them because I know, you know, they're going to be on the shelf. It's fine. 
I cracked open my maker's chocolate marmalade <clears throat> yesterday. Did you? I won't say it's bad. It just wasn't what I expected. No, I, I th- mine's open, right? I think I've had it, and I, I thought the remember. same thing. I didn't think it was bad. But like, and I think if I go back and visit it without it, like if someone were to pour it into a glass and not tell me what it was, I think I'd enjoy it. Yeah. But I think when I hear chocolate marmalade, I think of something and it wasn't, it didn't match up with what, and that's the one bad thing I think with all of these people naming their Maker's Mark private selects Yeah, is they give you an idea of what it's going to taste like ahead of time. And if what your taste profile is, doesn't match up with what they've named it, it comes off as bad when it. It may not be bad, but you had it in your head. It's like when you go to drink a Sprite and it's a glass of water. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It, <laughs> no, I, to that's me, a good, that's yeah. what I feel like when they name their bourbons based mm-hmm. off of the flavor, like the Maker's Marks, a lot of the private select people name their, the, their picks off of what they got off of it. And not everyone has the same taste profiles. So like a lot of times I feel like... I'll go into a Maker's Mark private select thinking it's going to taste like something and I don't get that. And it doesn't, I end up thinking, ooh. But it's probably not ooh. It's probably just me thinking it was going to taste like this and it didn't taste like that. Yeah. You you already have this mindset of what it's going to be before you taste it. Right. Because of the way they named it. That's what I mean. No, I, yes. And and so like, that's where like, so Bourbon Enthusiast, for example, theirs, their name wasn't the flavor. It was like a carefully selected pairing of staves or something like that. That's how they named it. So you have no idea. Like when you're drinking it, you have no idea what to expect. Did you ever crack that little 375 in those double packs that you bought? Not the wood finishing series one, but the the um, 46 cask. The 46 cask I did. I have another 46 cask. And it's cask. so good. 46 yeah. cask is so it's, good. Oh, man. I was drinking one of those a while back, and I forgot how good it was. It's an... When I first opened it, I didn't. I won't say I didn't like it. Forty six cask. Forty six cask. When I first cracked it, when it was a brand new bottle, yeah, I just I didn't know what to expect. Now that it has oxidized a little bit, it is a graham cracker bomb. I love the forty six. It is cask. so good. It's it's love graham it. cracker and like like s'mores graham cracker campfire. Yeah, it is so freaking good. It is good. And I want to crack open that private select um, that came with your kit. Yeah, and or I forget the, the the dual pack. Yeah, or whatever, yeah, gift the twin set. pack, whatever. Um, if you look at the staves that they used, and I can't remember right now what they yeah, are. Yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. It to me, I think I'm really going to like it. I, I, I'll just, I'll just drink yours next week. Okay. <laughs> I'm fine with that. You, you know, you can drink mine whenever you want, man. I never give a shit. Oh, I know. Um, so yeah, when I saw it as the gift set, I picked it up. And I thought they had the same a huge thing. display of them. They were fucking everywhere. Well, when I went to Kroger, they had a an om- unopened box of them. They were not set aside as allocated. And I said, "Hey, can I grab two of those?" He's like, "Yeah, I don't see why not." I was like, "Cool." So I grabbed two of them, and I don't think they realized that they were going to be, you know. Well, it's it's kind of the same thing happened to me. They were all. It was like um, one of those in cap displays. So they yeah. had this like in clap in cap display that they had set You're up. Having trouble talking. I know. I'm fucking drunk. No, I'm really not. And they were all stacked up. And I was like, wow, 46 cash strength. And I was like, in this private select, so I grab one. And then I went back like a week or two later, and then they have it sitting on the counter, like where they're all behind the counter and now it's allocated. Right. <laughs> well, I don't think they realized. I don't think they did either. Was, what it, they, 46 cash strength, first of all, is hard to find in Ohio. Yeah. 
So like that alone should have made it like be one of the ones up by the register. And then the the private select everyone has private select, so that's not but like a private select from the distillery is kind of cool mm-hmm. in my opinion. I want to go back to Buffalo Tree or not shit. I want to go Maker's back to Mark. Maker's Mark yeah. and visit that. That's why I, I asked you in That's um, a fun that's a fun distillery to go to. It is. It's just so far away from everything. That's the only problem. And that's why I asked you in August that day on the 19th. And I, it's not set in stone, but I'm really... The 19th? 19th of August, I think it is. It's a Thursday. Yeah, because the Friday is when I'm doing my executive stewards thing. Oh, uh, that won't work then. No, it might work. It might work for you. We might have to drive separately, meet somewhere, and then you drive me around and then drop me off in I, Louisville or something. I thought about doing a cannonball run. Um, Maybe I'll take off that day. And, and not visit everything by any means. No, but, but I, I was wanting to go down there in August and hit a few things like... The day that I, the day before, so I was going to stay in a in an Airbnb or something mm-hmm. the night before, like on Whiskey Row or something. Yeah, and then go to the executive steward thing on the twentieth. Let's let's talk about this a little bit more offline. But yeah. seriously, I want to. I would do that. I'd take off that Thursday. I just as want well. to do. I want to go and be back in the same day. Go visit some customers on Thursday. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, no, but seriously, I I would love okay. to do that. Obviously, hit up Buffalo Trace. I didn't realize you were talking about the nineteenth. The nineteenth of August. It's a Thursday, so we would have to drive down separate. That's cool. And then and then maybe like carpool after we get down there. I'm cool with that. We'll talk about it off after the show or something I, like that. I, let's do it. Seriously, I'm down. I'm going to put that on my calendar right now. Actually. So, so if you were to rank these three, I, I'm trying to get back on course here. I honestly to... think I like the gold the best, but this is good too. I, I think I like the gold and the straight from the barrel more than, it, and it, I'm really enjoying high proof stuff right now. So I think that's just immediately going to put me on a, on a path where I like the, um, the straight from the barrel more than the regular Blanton's anyway. I, I have to completely agree. So I love high proofs. It's amazing how much my palate has changed and adapted of liking the higher proof stuff. Um, but I think I would pick the gold only because the flavor profile is so complex and so just like robust on your tongue. Yeah, for um, sure. Not to say that this is bad by any means, but I would. I think I would take the gold. If, if a friend of mine said, hey, there's two of these here, which one do you want me to pick up? I would say pick up the gold. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. Um, the gold had just a lot of com- complexity, and there wasn't as much ethanol. Yeah. But I am enjoying this straight from the barrel. This is good. Oh, I agree. It's very good. I'm not saying it's... But it's just a little more... The ethanol is a little bit more present. It, the ethanol almost masks some of the flavors. I think you're right. I think you're right. And it's funny, even looking at these two... Like the regular Blantons and the gold, it the gold doesn't look like it's like like a lot darker or anything by any means, um, but it's amazing how much more like flavor profile it has, which it's really not. It's what fifty one point five versus forty six point five. It's not that much. Would you say ten no. percent? Yeah, yeah, ten percent difference, and then a and then a fifteen percent difference after the or twenty five percent difference actually. Yeah, to the straight from the barrel. And it's the same Rick House. Yeah, same Rick House, same mash bill, everything's the same except for it's just... Just not diluted. It's just not diluted at all. Yeah, it's not... It's one of those things it'd be interesting to take some of the gold and like proof it down with a like a dropper with a distilled water. And see if you get it down to 93 proof and if it how it compares yeah. to the regular. It'd be interesting to see that. Well, I mean, they're all single barrels, so they should be a little different anyway. 
Yeah. And that was the thing I think Jason was talking about. If he can, if he gets a choice from the, you know, the, the Blantons, he chooses certain locations if yeah. possible. But, uh, you know, again, I don't know that, you know, how much I can control that because I'm. <laughs> well, yeah, same. I, I would never I turn ever one down. It. I would never be like, oh, that's not row seven. I don't want that. Right. And here's, here's the funny thing from me is after I finish all of these Blantons that I have, I don't know that I'm ever going to look for it again. I mean, I'll grab it, and I've got a couple of extras. Like, uh, I'm not going to go out of my way. Right, but that's what I mean. Like, I've, I've got a couple duplicates now, and I'll probably have it from time to time. But if I run out of Blantons, I'm not going to just like be like, oh, God, i got to get some more Blantons. Right, I'm the same way. And if I come across, and I'm hoping, I know this is selfish of me, and it's, there's like a good and a bad to this. I'm hoping the bourbon bubble busts. Not, but like not too bad. So, because here's the thing: if it bursts too bad, then you're going to see less craft distilleries. You're going to see less right uh, availability. You're going to see, and and what'll start happening? I think if it does burst, is all these these um, distilleries are going to start holding onto their barrels and hoping that it comes back again, so that they can start releasing fifteen year. 18 year yeah. and and they'll start holding on to it knowing that well shit it came back before it's going to come back again it's funny you mention that because i've noticed a few things so at work the other day i worked like a night shift thing everything was closed so i had to go to wendy's it's in the hospital and i noticed they had a what was it it was a like something something bourbon chicken sandwich yeah and then I'm in the grocery store shopping on Sunday. Oh, there's so many things right now that maple, have bourbon and bourbon, yeah. maple bourbon baked beans. Yep. And I'm seeing it fucking everywhere. Right. It's and that going, just it's tells to, me it's going to bust at some point. I feel like it's like a housing market of 2008. Like it's going to bust. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I don't know when, but everyone is trying to piggyback off the bourbon thing right now. Well, here's the thing. I'm like, I don't want when fucking it, bourbon it, on my chicken sandwich. <laughs> I do. When it bursts. <laughs> Here's because there's like maple, uh, there's maple, there's ice cream everywhere, like barbecue ice cream. Yes, it's fucking everywhere. Here's the thing when it bursts, the only people we're going to lose aren't going to be the people that like bourbon. You're going to get the newbies, all the newbies are going to be like, eh, it's passe type of thing, right? What's the next trend? And then the collectors, they're going to move on to the next trend, yeah. The people that truly actually enjoy bourbon and and buy it to drink it will continue to consume it. That's not going to stop. The people that it's going to hit and the people that are going to move on are going to be the collectors and the people that are just into whatever the trend is. Because that happened with scotch, I feel. Like, scotch was a big deal. It is. I don't know how many years ago. It still is, but it's not. But I just don't like the taste of fucking Band-Aid tins. It's... It's very smoky to me. Um, it's, it's very the, the peat, the peat, the smoky peat. To me, it just comes. It tastes like a band aid tin. If I, I were to lick a band aid tin from when I was growing up, yeah, that's I, I tried swear to get to into scotch. I really did. I did too. Cigars and scotch. I tried to get into both. Johnny of them. Walker and Glenn Livett and Glenn Fittich. And I've all got those. you know how many how many scotches I have at my house that I've had for probably uh, fifteen years, sixteen years. Every time I used to go to England all the time for work and I would pick up a different bottle of scotch every time. 
And I've I've got a whole bunch of them in my. Uh, I have a really old Glenlivet, and, and I would taste them, and I'd be like, "Oh, all right, it's yeah. going to grow on." But like, it just it never did. I have a twelve or thirteen year old Glenlivet, and I'm a, like, I just want to to go away so I can have more cabinet space. I've got like a Glenmorangie. I've got these. I can't remember all of them. Buchanan or something. I've I've got a McCallum's whole bunch. McCallum's a big one, if I remember right. Yeah, Johnny Walker's a big one. That's a, that's a more like Americanized yeah. bourbon or Scotch, in my opinion. Yeah. But like. I, I feel just, like McAllen's a real big one, if no, I remember correctly. Irish whiskey, I can get behind. It's actually okay. Speaking of that, did you see Conor McGregor fucking break his ankle? Oh, that was disgusting. <laughs> I about puked. So, I've broken my ankle twice. I've sprained my other ankle so many times. They told me if I do it again, I'm going to need surgery. When I see other people break an ankle, like, the, did you ever see the Silva fight? Oh, yeah. Where he wrapped his leg around the other guy's yeah. leg when it broke. The best part about it, that is, guy did the same thing later on to so, himself. Yeah, yeah. But, like, when I see that stuff, I feel it. Like, I oh, have yeah. these weird, I have these weird phantom pains. When I see someone break an ankle or, like, Silva kicked, you didn't notice what happened. They called it, it a check, right? So he, yeah, he, yeah. But you didn't know what happened until he then so tried fast to, to, to plant stand back on, on his yes. back foot because because you use your back leg, you come through and kick, and then you plant back on your back leg. Yes. He was doing that, planting on his back leg, and the back leg wasn't wasn't whole anymore. Yeah, it was it was completely broken in half. And so then, as soon as he planted back on that back foot, he freaking base, basically fell back on his Just, ass. Same thing happened to uh, to McGregor this last weekend, and you you didn't see it, but now that you know it happened, when you watch it, you see it. And when he plants back, it basically gives, and the the the, the tibia or the fibula or one of the two, both ba- probably, probably both talus. They basically just bent in half. And then when he's laying on the ground, like at the time when it happened, you had no idea what happened. You thought, "What's going on?" Because because right. like. Poirier or whatever his name is comes in and starts to get on top of him and McGregor immediately taps and is like whoa no 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 and the 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 uh ref comes in and is like and you're like what the hell happened and then when he, round. and then when he moves his leg it basically hangs there at not at the joint mm-hmm. and it was disgusting I was like oh fuck did you see he was the highest paid athlete in 2020 who McGregor. So it starts showing like LeBron James, and I don't watch soccer, so I'm not going to pretend I do, but it's like Christian Ronaldo and these other people that are, this is worldwide. This isn't the US. Worldwide highest paid athlete. Like again, Christian Ronaldo, I think I'm saying that right. Uh, He made like a hundred and hundred mil, maybe 105 mil. Most of that's in uh, sponsorships. Sponsorship, correct. Yeah. McGregor made 180 mil last year, they said. It doesn't surprise so me. So I'm like, either. why the fuck is he doing this fight? He makes so much off of his proper 12 but, but Irish whiskey. But here's the thing. Like, I think he does it just to stay relevant. Well, I think he grew up poor as well. But like, I think he does it to stay relevant so that people keep buying the proper 12 and they keep buying, yeah. like, and he keeps getting his sponsorships. And I honest to God think he's, he's now come to the point of realization after the Mayweather fight. He made so much money off of that, too. But I think he realizes now that he's just going to fucking stir up shit. Oh, yeah. Because when you stir up that shit, that's when people tune in. Well, that's how you get attention, for sure. But, like, you know, I think all the stuff he says about, like, killing Poirier or whatever you say his name. I think it's Poirier. 
If you, he made a bunch of shitty statements to he fucking did, Khabib as but well. But I think it's to, it's just to get them it's to tune PR. in. It's just to get them to tune yeah. in. And I think What's ratings. I, and yeah. I wonder. I want to know if he actually keeps it up behind the scenes, or if he says, "Hey, listen." There, the, see, there's a whole thing. I'm doing thing with, this because this is going to get us viewership. Yeah, there's a whole thing with Khabib, right? Where he was saying all these shitty things to Khabib and their buses. And right, I don't remember the story. Right, they attacked the boss and stuff. Correct. And yeah. then the guy's trainer jumped the fence after the fight was over with Khabib and all that nonsense. Um, so who knows? I think what? I think they've just realized what hey, man, it takes it, it, to to uh, market themselves and really get. A payoff. Well, they did that Fight Island, right? That was in Abu Dhabi, right? I believe, and that made tons of money for them because all sports were offline, and so they were doing that in Abu Dhabi, right. and there was no spectators, but they were doing pay per view. Yep. And just, I'm sure they were making a shitload of money. There was no, no sports they were, because people were wanting to watch something. Yeah. They wanted to see some sort of sport. So it, yeah, no, for sure. Going back to the uh, gold here, made and of gold, gold. <laughs> That actually sounded that pretty good. That was pretty good. That, that could be your opener. Yeah. Gold. It's made of gold. It's made of gold. You had I, an unfortunate smelting accident. <laughs> Dude, those Austin Power movies are still fucking funny. They're still funny. And that's like, that first one's like 99. It's in the, the late 90s, the first so gold member. When, first, I went, when I lived whatever. in England and I was a bartender there, there was a, a buddy of mine who I still keep in contact with today. His name's Mychik. And he... Um, he was from Poland. He had to flee Poland because of Russian occupation and the Communist Party forced people out. He lived in England and he learned to speak English from the Austin Powers movies. Oh, Jesus. So his English was hilarious. Like he quoted Austin Powers nonstop. And my God, it was just so funny. Like we watched, when I was there, we watched Austin Powers like twice a week. <laughs> and I lived there for like, it felt like forever. It was like six months and it was just so fucking funny. And he uh, he just always quoted Austin Powers because that's how he learned his that English. Would, oh my god, that's so funny! I don't know why, but it reminds me of so the two of the doctors I work with. One's from Latvia, which is near you know Russia, Soviet Union, whatever, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And he was talking. So uh, this whole thing came up about like reparations and blah blah blah. He's like, I want reparations from the Soviets for pushing me out of Latvia. And the other guy's like, I'm going to give you twenty thousand rupees or rubies, whatever. I forget how it's called. Rupees. Rupees. Ru- oh yeah. Rupees. Yeah. You're right. And it comes out to be like twenty bucks. Right. right. <laughs> One of like, my favorite lines is in the barbershop. When uh, they're sitting there, and is it Cedric the Entertainer? They're all talking about reparations. Oh, he's, God, and, he's so funny. Oh, I know. And one of my favorite shows is The Neighborhood yeah. with him yes. and uh, the guy from uh, uh, New Girl. I can't remember his name, but he's they're just hilarious. Um, but one of my favorite lines in uh, Barbershop, they're talking about reparations, and, <laughs> and Cedric the Entertainer goes, what do we need reparations for? That's just going to make... Uh, Cadillac, the highest selling car in America, or something like that. You know, it was just, it was funny as shit. And at the time, you know, that was like, Cadillac, oh, yeah. Cadillac was like, you know, Chappelle the, did that whole thing oh, too. Oh, God. It was so fucking funny. He's like, truck driver. I know truck driver. He's like, I just bought a whole truckload of cigarettes or something. <laughs> that was so funny. Oh, he's, I would Chappelle's love to go funny see. as shit. So he lives in, not very far yeah, from us. Yeah, he lives in Dayton. Yeah. Like somewhere in Dayton. Um, it's a place right by there. Yellow Springs. I went and hiked in Yellow Springs. It's yeah. beautiful there. Is, it's is that where hip- he lives? Yeah, Yellow Springs. It's a little hippie town. That's but um, I like little hippie towns and stuff. It no, was cool. I do too. Yeah. No, but I love Dave Chappelle. He's funny. Uh, Dave Chappelle reminded me of what Chris Rock probably could have been before he went 
to like the family, you know, like yeah. and same with Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy Raw and all those things. And then he went to family shows and which is smart. Oh yeah, that's where the money You know, money from and stuff like is. as you get older as a comedian and then you realize, oh shit, the money's in this. I mean, you're not wrong. But, like, they lose their edge. You know what I mean? Like, Chris Rock had an edge. Eddie Murphy had oh, yeah. an edge. They don't have that edge anymore. Did you ever see the show Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee oh, I with love Jerry that Seinfeld? Show. God, that's one of my favorite shows. He did the it one started with, on Crackle. Yes, he did the one with Eddie Murphy. It is oh, so it funny. it is so funny. Oh, my the God, it's hilarious. The other one that's really funny is the one with Ricky Gervais. He is... Ricky Gervais doesn't give a fuck about no, anything. No, he doesn't. And the best part is they're sitting there... Ricky Gervais... And Seinfeld's, like, seriously Jewish, right? And Ricky Gervais is just telling Jewish jokes and they're fucking funny as shit and it's during like he's telling these jokes in the middle of cancel culture and Seinfeld's laughing his ass off and he's like but he's like basically that's what comedians are here yeah. for is to break down those to, barriers yes absolutely to make and you break laugh tension. Ab- yeah make you laugh about stuff that is you know potentially yes it's true but it, you're making it funny and it's you, you gotta break, break that tension. Yeah, you're man, breaking you down do. those walls. Like that's that's the that's why f- comedy is there. Read your vase. It was it the Academy Awards or Yo, some? Oh my! When he ripped out all. Of oh those, my god! It, and he was like, "You're not going to invite me back next year. I promise." <laughs> but he did it for like three years in a row. He did. He it was like Golden Jesus Globes Christ. or Oscars he's or something. So funny. Oh, he's so funny. I want to go back and watch that now. I know. I do too. <laughs> when he just totally ripped them apart about just basically being on their on their pedestals, but yet they're you know flying places and they're. In your private jets, private jets and all this and shit. And yeah. Yeah. How'd you get here tonight in your private jet right. and all that but shit? But yeah, How you were talking we about uh, an hour and 10 minutes. Okay. We're about done. So let's finish off this gold. Then I got to go downstairs and coach CrossFit. Fair enough. <laughs> this gold is delicious. The gold. So what would you say? The gold's the best? The gold's the best to me. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. Straight from the barrel is really good though. I go gold straight from the barrel than the regular blends. Yeah. That's... And, and for me, it's probably gold. And then straight from the barrel is like a one B. I couldn't drink it on all night. No, we'd be hammered. And then, well, that and too. Then, but I, but I like all of them. Yeah. The, the thing I've got to be super clear on is I love regular blends at fifty dollars. Yeah. Fifty five or whatever it is. I love it at fifty five. Outside of that, I the only reason I would buy it now is because I need the letter. Yeah. At a higher price, I mean. When I first started getting into this with you guys and stuff, I was so just wanting a bland so bad. Yeah. And it's good. It's, and it, it's, it's good. It's good bourbon. But it's just not a $100 bourbon. It's funny now. My palate has been exposed to so many things. Mm-hmm. There's so many good bourbons for less than $50. Yeah. That like Bland's is cool. The, the novelty of picking up the horses, that's awesome. That's fun. It is. And that, to me... That's why I like Blade and Blue does the keys. Yeah, the keys. Yep. Yeah, right. Exactly. And, and when you collect them all, you get their little inscribed little uh, golden gold. chalice or yeah. whatever it is. or Chalice. Chalice. But, and and that's not... There's, listen, I'll buy into some fucking marketing. Yeah. I, I have no problem with that. It's smart. It is. But once you get, like, once you get past that, like the MSRP of Blanton's is 50 some dollars. And it's worth that when you consider the novelty of the horses. Each each you it's a know, solid topper. Each topper is different. Like legit solid, yeah, like pewter. And the shape of the bottle is cool. Yeah. So handwritten. They've, they've done a good job of marketing. However, it's not worth a hundred dollars. It's not no. worth one hundred and fifty. It's it's worth it's fifty going, some dollars. It is going for two hundred. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. And this gold is ridiculous. This gold is great. 
I would pay two hundred for a gold. I hate to say that, but I would I would probably pay it to have one. Maybe. I it's only seven hundred milliliters though. So I know. You're, you're shorting yourself fifty milliliters. But I think about that Buckner's that you bought that was oh, it was two hundred, right? And I like it better than this. It's I still see it available. Mm-hmm. I like the Buckner's better than this gold. Do you really? Yeah. It's so good. I need to taste it again. It's to remember so it. good. I remember it being great. I need to go pick one up probably right now. No, not right now. <laughs> it's $200, but it's definitely worth it. I, I like it. I really, I don't know that it's worth it, but it's definitely worth having a bottle. All right. So uh, I think we got our rankings here. I mean, I think this was a fun episode. To me, they're all they're all hunts at MSRP. Agree. They're not hunts at two hundred dollars, three hundred dollars. I that's just absurd. But for the MSRPs, I think they're all right at the right price for their MSRPs. And I think I know a lot of people knock <clears throat> Buffalo Trace for not producing enough and all that stuff. But like, how do you produce extra? Right. You they aged, have to age. Yeah. They have to age. And, you know, Buffalo, like, Blanton's is at least six years old. Six to eight, I think, if I remember right. So, they're at least six years old. You can't just make more Blanton's and then make The only available. ages in one rickhouse, you have to remember, too. Right. And the rickhouse is a limited size. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but, like, some of that, some of those barrels just probably don't turn out. Yeah, and they go to be a blend of something. Or an ancient age or something like that. Yeah, And so... You have to understand, I don't think that Buffalo Trace is trying to screw you over. I mean, their, their MSRP is 50-some dollars for a Blanton's. It's if not they were 200. screwing you over, they would start producing shitty Blanton's. And they or they would sell it at $100. Right. And MSRP. Then, and then that would require you know people to sell it at 125 or something. Yeah. They're selling it at 50-some dollars. They're not trying to screw people over, in my opinion. I think it's reasonable. Where, where the secondary is what kills Blanton's, in my opinion. Yeah. All right. So if, let us know what you guys think of blends. Let us know if you've had the gold or the uh, straight from the barrel. Also, give us a review if you can on Apple Music. That always helps us uh, bring on different uh, guests and different uh, distilleries and people like that. We're trying to get more on here. We're going to do a blind soon. Um, maybe even Ooh, next week. Good. Yeah, maybe even I next love week. Blinds. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, trying to keep things uh, flowing on the on the podcast. We haven't done a blind in a while. No, I think we're going to do it next week. Good. So, tomorrow for you and me. Oh, perfect. Um, but, uh, so, uh, give us some feedback. Let us know what you think. Uh, if you've had the Blanton's Gold, if you've had the Blanton's Straight from the Barrel, let us know what you think of those. Tell us how much you'd pay for those. and uh, Or what you've paid for those. Or what you've paid for them, yeah. And, and I, I won't lie, I've paid $100 for a Blanton's, but that was yeah. back in the day before yeah. I really got you know into this. And I No judgment, by any means. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you can find me as Dude Pool on Instagram. I'm Brett Paul Bryan, but soon to be the people schnoz. <laughs> the people schnoz. And then we are the Bourbon Hunters on uh, Instagram. The Bourbon Hunters. There's other Bourbon, bourbon hunters, hunters, but we are the Bourbon Hunters the. on Instagram. Uh, so find us, follow us. We post pictures as much as we can whenever life is not passing us a curveball. Um, but uh, give us some feedback. Find us on Instagram. Give us some feedback on our posts. Let us know what you're drinking each night. Let us know how you're, uh, what you're finding, where you're finding, and all that stuff. Uh, but uh, until then, we'll talk to you next week and have a good night. See ya.
Thank you for joining in for yet another episode of The Bourbon Hunters. If you like what you hear, please leave us a good rating on Apple, Podbean, Google, or wherever you are listening. It definitely helps us to get great guests on our show. And follow us on Instagram and the Facebooks to keep up to date with what is in our glass. As always, sit back, grab a pour, kick up your feet, and enjoy some bourbon. Bourbon.